This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. The Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I'll be your host as always. And guess what, everybody? Not only are we less than a week from the Stanley Cup playoffs, the greatest tournament in sports. Yeah, I said it. Screw March Madness. The Stanley Cup playoffs are way better than March Madness. I know that might trigger a lot of people, but realistically, it's hardcore hockey fans listening to this, so I feel like I'm I'm with the majority here with the, the listenership. But nonetheless, today is Friday, which means a couple things. Which means it's day two of the NFL draft for all who partake in it. It means it's the end of another work week for a lot of people. And it also means that is the end of the National Hockey League regular season. Sort (laughs) of. The regular season ends tonight for 30 teams, I should say. The Kraken, the 32nd team in the National Hockey League, and the Winnipeg Jets will play a meaningless game on Sunday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time up in Winnipeg. I'm just happy it's not like last year where we had three games between the Flames and the Canucks during the playoffs. That was ridiculous. And neither team really had a shot at making the playoffs. So again, it was unnecessary, but I guess every team is contracted to play a certain amount of games, whatever. Nonetheless, with the regular season ending today, it's funny because we still know Basically nothing, not not basically nothing, but we only know two of the eight series matchups heading into the playoffs, which begin on Monday. Now, we'll find out the answers to all of those tonight, which is exciting, but for me, somebody who podcasts on Fridays and Tuesdays, well, I won't really be able to talk about them unless I go and, and do something over the weekend. We'll have to see if I have something cooking. But nonetheless, in this episode, what we're going to do here, I'm going to preview the Oilers versus the LA Kings because that is a matchup that we know for sure. That will be the first round matchup. And we even know who has home ice in that one, which is more than we know about any other series. So we'll preview that matchup to begin with. We'll talk about all the other potential matchups in the second segment and what has to happen today in order for certain teams to finish in certain places. But let's start here. Edmonton Oilers against the LA Kings in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's what we got. Battle of the former Gretzky teams. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl against Andrzej Kopitar, Dustin Brown, and the upstart LA Kings. Because right now, that is what they are, the upstart LA Kings. If you would have told me that back in 2014, I would have probably looked at you and laughed my head off. Of course... The Kings won the Stanley Cup in 2012 and 2014. Since then, they took a little bit of a backseat. 
They showed that they were ready to get things going once again this year, this offseason. We talked to Jordy Cunningham at the beginning of the year, stating, hey, you know, the Kings, they went out and they got Victor Arvidsson. They went out and they brought in Philip Deneau. Those are moves made by a team that already had one of the best prospect pools in the National Hockey League that states, we are ready to go. We are are done rebuilding, we're ready to go, we're ready to be a playoff team and build towards being a contender for the Stanley Cup. The Kings aren't quite there yet. They're not a contender for the Stanley Cup, but I would not be surprised if they were able to win this series and potentially win the next series. I think they're sealing, and it is a very, very you know overachieving ceiling, but their ceiling is to advance to the Western Conference Finals. At the end of the day, I don't see that happening, first and foremost, because I think they're going to have a tough time in this first round series. I really do. The Oilers have a history, at least in the Connor McDavid era, of, for one, not making the playoffs every year, but they've kind of debunked that. This will be their third straight playoff appearance, so good for Connor McDavid, a little bit of stability as at least a top half team in the National Hockey League. But two, success in the playoffs does not come easily to McDavid and the Oilers. In his four playoff appearances in his career, he has a 1-3 series record. Is it 1-3? No, it's 1-4. Excuse me. 1-4 series record. The only series that the Oilers have won with Connor McDavid at the helm was back in 2016-17, And they were able to take down the San Jose Sharks in six games. But the last three years... No, they are one and three. I don't know why I was saying one and four. But the last three seasons, two seasons in the postseason, it hasn't been good. Obviously, you go back to the bubble. They get eliminated by Chicago, which is not a good look. Especially considering they finished, I believe it was fifth in the West, whenever they did all their standings again, and they lost to the 12th seeded Chicago Blackhawks. They got embarrassed. Let's not just say they lost. They got embarrassed by the Blackhawks in the Edmonton bubble. So they didn't even have to travel. They didn't have to go through customs. They didn't have to do all of this in the middle of COVID. They played at home, and they still got embarrassed in the play-in round. And then last year, again, in a weird season, where it was just the Canada North Division... They go out, they come in second place, and then they lose to the Winnipeg Jets. Not only did they lose to the Winnipeg Jets, again, embarrassed by the Winnipeg Jets. Last year, we were all very excited to potentially see, for the first and maybe the only time, Austin Matthews versus Connor McDavid in a postseason Stanley Cup playoff setting. We didn't get that because both teams crapped the bed. So now here we are, five years separated from the only playoff series win in the Connor McDavid era, making the playoffs for the Oilers for only the second time in a real 82-game season with the playoff format that is normally used. And I, I don't want to bash on the Oilers the entire time, because let's get this right. They looked pitiful. Midway through the season. They were out of a playoff spot. You didn't know what was going on. They fired their coach. Bring in this new guy. But since then, it's worked. And there has been history of that 
turning around and turning into a Stanley Cup. If you look at another generational talent in Sidney Crosby, that happened twice with him. First in 2009, Michelle Terrian gone, Dan Bilesma in, they win a Stanley Cup. And then 2016, where Mike Johnston is gone, Mike Sullivan comes in, they go on to win the Stanley Cup. Could that be happening for McDavid this year? Maybe. He has certainly been good enough. Leon Dreisaitl has also certainly been good enough. The question then becomes, can this team defensively buckle down enough to keep teams in check to where they can outscore them every single night? Because if your plan in the Stanley Cup playoffs is simply to go out there and win the game 7-6 to six every time, you're not going to go far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they know that. They're aware of that. That is exactly what has happened every other time McDavid has made the playoffs. So the question then becomes, hey, Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen, whoever's in there, can you batten down the hatches as well as the defense? A lot has been made of the fact that Duncan Keith is, is on that decor now. Darnell Nurse is, is, playing, is injured right now. He's expected to come back. That's obviously huge for them. Cody Cece's been a half-decent addition this year. But can they do it in the postseason? I think this lined up perfectly for them where they do play the LA Kings, which I don't want to talk the entire segment about the Oilers, but the LA Kings are a younger team with a lot of talented veterans. Andre Kopitar is still an absolute beast. That's just a plain fact. We, there was a lot made of the fact that Kopitar and Dowdy were like, hey, we don't want to be part of a rebuild anymore, and we really don't want to be traded. Can like We think that we're in a place where the team can continue to grow, but also make playoffs now and compete. Well, they were right, because they finished third in the Pacific Division, because they clinched a playoff spot for the first time in a couple of years, because they were better this year. They also have some young guys that they brought up and have stepped into those roles really well. Quinton Byfield, after an early season injury, came in, and now he is their third-line center. It is exciting for him, his first career playoffs. Arthur Kaliev has been up for a while. Uh, Turcott, Alex Turcott is not going to be up for the playoffs, but that's another guy that's right around the corner. You look at Sean Dursey, Carl Grunstrom. This is a team with a lot of young talent that is going to be able to build from this experience and, like I said, potentially win this series against the Edmonton Oilers. But when I look at the Western Conference, this matchup is the best one the Oilers could have hoped for. Clearly, they wouldn't want to play the Battle of Alberta because I think Calgary is easily a top-two team in that conference. I think they're going to win that conference. They don't have to go up against Colorado. They don't have to go up against Minnesota or St. Louis, who are also teams that would have probably given them fits because they're defensively responsible. And they have really talented and really dangerous skill players. Playing a team like LA who is at the very impetus of this iteration where they just made the playoffs basically for the first time. I understand, you know, Kopitar's been there. Uh, Brown's been there. If they're in, because I know they're not playing right now, but if they're in, Deneau went to the Stanley Cup last year. And Victor Arvidsson also went to the Stanley Cup back in 2017. So there is... Some playoff experience, not to mention John Quick. I mean, I can't forget two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender Jonathan Quick. But nonetheless, if you look at the Kings, this is a team that has made the playoffs not just to be happy to be there. I get that. But that's basically where they're at. Like It's it's happy to be their territory where they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be a fixture in the playoffs for years to come. But this is not quite the year. 
You know, I, I've said it several times on the podcast before. A boxer looks at things in threes. First time to get there, you get in there, you get roughed up. It's for the experience of just being there. Second time you get there, you make a little noise. And the third time you get in there, you take it all home. Well, this is the first time the Kings have been there in this iteration. So they're probably going to get roughed up, in my opinion, by the Edmonton Oilers. Because, I mean, if not now, then when for Connor McDavid? If they lose again in the first round, I know it might not be as bad as, as the Toronto Maple Leafs because Matthews has made it every single year and lost. And they've been the heavy favorite in some of those. Of course, you know, the bubble, they were able to... Uh, actually, no, the bubble, they lost. You know, losing to Columbus in the bubble in the Toronto bubble. And then last year, losing the first round to the Montreal Canadiens when they were already up three games to one. It, it's similar for both of those stars. It's not quite as bad for McDavid, but it's getting there if he can't get out of the first round this year. McDavid, by the way, uh, just figured we'd mention this because they will play their last game tonight. He's going to win the Art Ross, which will be the fourth time in his career that he's won the Art Ross Trophy. He'd probably trade all of those for some playoff success, but nonetheless, we have to talk about his greatness and what we have seen this year. He won the Art Ross not only by just beating everybody else, but beating his own records. Set career high in goals with 44. He set a career high in assists with 79. And also, of course, when you do that, career high in points, 123. We'll have to see later tonight. He does have one game left, but it's not quite the season we saw from Nikita Kucherov. I doubt he's going to get there because he would need, I believe, six points to pass him, five points to tie him. But that's what we're seeing, you know. An all-time season in the salary cap era by Connor McDavid. A lot of people aren't really even paying attention to it. But nonetheless, it, it all comes down to this, though. Like, it's a great regular season, but what does it mean if you get knocked out of the playoffs by an upstart team like the LA Kings this season? It'll be interesting. Uh, looking at the, the specific matchups for this one, goals per game, the Oilers are a much more high-flying offense. Meanwhile, the Kings have a much better defense, so that's going to be the head-to-head here. It's going to be, can the Kings keep Connor McDavid off the scoreboard enough and just score barely enough to be able to take take him down? I think McDavid goes off, honestly, and so does Dreisaitl in this series. And I know that has been said before, but at the same time, again, if not now, then when for those guys? Like, when would they do it if they can't do it in this situation? We thought that last year, but honestly, every year that it goes on, you have to think, like, they're due. They have to be. Like, they have to be due to win a series, at the, at the very least. So, like I said, Oilers, 3.49 goals per game. That's good for 7th in the National Hockey League. Going up against the Kings' 8th best goals allowed per game with 2.79. So, that is the main matchup. If you look at the other side of things, goals per game, Kings, 20th in the National Hockey League. Bottom half close to bottom third at 2.84. Luckily for them, the Oilers defensively aren't great. 18th in goals allowed per game, allowing 3.07. So it's going to be a very hard series to handicap when it comes to over-unders, which is how I usually like to play it on the gambling side of things. And if you want to gamble, of course, go to DraftKings Sportsbook, our show sponsor. Use promo code THPN, and you'll get some pretty good odds and opportunities. But nonetheless, this game and this series could also be decided on special teams, because the Kings' special teams are both in the bottom third. It's not good. Specifically, their power play being 27th, and you look at how important special teams is in the postseason, the Kings are going to need to do a lot. They're going to need to outperform their regular season performance 
because either that or just don't get in the penalty box, which is harder said than done in the postseason. But the 27th ranked power play only at 16%. That doesn't strike fear into me, even if I'm an Edmonton Oilers team that doesn't quite have a great defense or even quite have a great penalty kill. The, the Oilers' penalty kill is 17th in the National Hockey League this season, under 80%. But the big thing is going to be, can the Kings stay out of the box? Because if the Kings get in the box, McDavid, Dreisaitl, RNH, if he's playing, uh, Darnell Nurse, they're going to eat this team alive. The Oilers have the third best power play in the National Hockey League. They're converting at a 26% clip. If the Kings have penalty issues in this series, it's a wrap. That it. Plain and simple. Like, I love Jonathan Quick. I think Cal Peterson is really good. I think he's kind of underperformed this season, in my opinion. I think he's much better than what he showed. But they're not going to be able to hold the fourth down if there's a parade to the penalty box for LA. That's just a plain and simple fact. So I would have to, if I had to put a prediction on it, which is what I'm going to do, and I actually need to keep track of these because I'm going to mention it on Monday's episode of The Tip of the Iceberg. If you like the Pittsburgh Penguins, I also do that podcast. But I'm going to say the Edmonton Oilers take this in five games. You know, it feels a little disrespectful to the LA Kings because I really do like the Kings. And it is, as we'll talk about in a second, Dustin Brown's last ride. So you know what? No, because of that fact, and just because it felt a little a little off saying Oilers in five. I'm going to say Oilers win this one in six. I'm going to give the give the Kings another another win there. Four to two series win for the Edmonton Oilers. McDavid gets his second series win and advances to the second round for the first time since 2016-17. Let me just write that down so I remember it and so I can hold myself accountable and not switch on it whenever I give out the rest of my picks and give out this pick again next week. So Oilers and six, that's what I have. I think they're going to take down the LA Kings. And that would be very unfortunate because it would be so nice. And it always is nice to see someone's last ride in the National Hockey League end with a championship. I just don't think it's in the cards for Dustin Brown. On Thursday, amidst, you know, I was covering the NFL draft, amidst all of that craziness, saw that Dustin Brown decided and announced that he will be retiring at the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Brown has been a fixture. I mean, if, if, if you're my age, then the LA Kings were at their height 2012, 2014, whenever I was 15 or 16 years old, really starting to get hardcore into the sport of hockey, um, if I wasn't already. And those Kings teams, the Kings versus Blackhawks rivalry in the early 2010s, if you're not privy to those matchups, go back and watch some of the highlights. Some of the most entertaining series in the modern era, to be completely honest. It was a great rivalry of two of the top teams in the Western Conference for, I believe it was like a five-year stretch that those two teams were the very best in the West. And Dustin Brown was, of course, at the helm of that, being the captain of the LA Kings, two-time Stanley Cup champion, captain for both of them of the LA Kings. Now, of course, he handed off to Andre Kopitar, but Dustin Brown, as of right now, I know they still have a game later tonight, but as of right now, 1,296 games played, 325 goals, 712 points. He's known as, of course, one of the faces for this LA Kings team in the early 2010s when they had their biggest successes. And because it wasn't the massive goal-scoring captain, it wasn't the uber-skilled, uber-talented goal-scoring captain that we saw with 
you know, a Jonathan Taves back then. We saw with, you know, Patrice Bergeron a little bit more on the defensive side, but he's still so offensively inclined. Dustin Brown was just a Daryl Sutter guy, and he still is a Daryl Sutter guy. Hard-nosed, kind of out of his era. You would think he would, I mean, he, he did play in the, in the 2000s, but you would think that that would have been the prime of his career and the end of his career would have been like 2008, 2009, the way he plays. But that is the entire epitome of those Kings teams, and it took him to two Stanley Cups. So, I mean, shout out for him. 2013-14 Mark Messier Award winner for leadership in the National Hockey League. And then this season, understandably, you know, he's never been a fantastic goal scorer. He's never racked up points at a great clip. But last year, I, I remember being surprised and being like, man, Dustin Brown, he's still got it. The guy is putting some pucks away like no other. He does the dirty work, does it in front of the net, gets rebounds, garbage goals, stuff like that. He was doing it really well last season. This year, not as high of a clip. He has 64 games played, 9 goals, and 28 points this year. While playing right now, currently on the first line with Andre Kopitar, his good buddy, and then, of course, Adrian Kempe as well. But congratulations to Dustin Brown on a great career. His name's on the Stanley Cup twice, and you cannot take that away from him. You can't take anything away from Dustin Brown. If you did, he'd probably body check you into oblivion. But congrats to Dustin Brown on a fantastic career, and we'll see how well the Kings are able to do for his last ride in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, it is the pseudo final day of the NHL regular season. So we'll discuss what needs to happen to see certain seedings take place. Because as of right now, only two matchups, including the Kings-Oilers one, I just previewed and another one that I previewed on Tuesday's show. But I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, we look around the league in the National Hockey League. Hockey fans. Feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THBN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Well, today is the day for 30 teams. The final day of the NHL regular season, the end of a long and winding road 
that encapsulated 82 games over five months since the middle of October. Crazy regular season. It's nice to have an 82-game season. You know, the last time we had that was the 2018-19 season, so it's been three years since we had a full complement of 82 games for all, well, now 32 teams. So it was nice. A lot of hockey, a lot of storylines. Of course, the Olympics getting canceled in the middle of it, the NHL All-Star game still going on, Uh, the COVID issues went rampant for the second straight year, of course. So a lot of trials and tribulations for all of these franchises to get to this point. But for 16 teams, it's not over. For the other 16 teams, they got a tea time on probably Saturday. I mean, maybe not the Jets and the Kraken. They have a game on Sunday, as I mentioned. But uh, the other 14 teams that aren't making the playoffs... They can set up their tee times for tomorrow. They can go to Cancun. They can go to anywhere they want because uh, the season will be over at the end of the day today. But still, as I've mentioned several times, only two of the eight first-round matchups have been set. Talked about Kings-Oilers in the first segment. On Tuesday, I previewed the Minnesota Wild taking on the St. Louis Blues. That is not completely set in stone. The matchup is, but home ice is still to be determined in that one. So we'll see if the playoffs start up at XL Energy Center or down in St. Louis at the Enterprise Center. That's what's at stake for those two teams. Again, very nominal stakes for them, but, you know, home ice advantage is nice. But around the rest of the league, there are three sets of teams that are battling each other out for positioning. Starting in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Bruins on a great second half of the season. They're taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning for the third seed in the Atlantic Division. The Bruins right now trail the Lightning by one point, and of course, both teams have one game left later this evening. The Bruins, and this is probably the most intriguing storyline for me just because I'm a sadist a little bit, but the Bruins take on the Toronto Maple Leafs in the final game of their regular season up in Toronto. So the Maple Leafs could potentially play them in the first round. If the Bruins win. If the Bruins lose to the Maple Leafs, then the Leafs will play the Tampa Bay Lightning and that'll be it. So if the Leafs want to avoid the demons that have petrified them three years in the last decade, three three out of, yeah, three years in the last decade, three playoff seasons and seven game series where they got their hearts broken every time, if they don't want to have to go through that again, all they have to do is win tonight. You know, everything on the line in a game against the Boston Bruins. Who would have thought, even though it's not really everything, because it's not do or die, it's not win or go home. It is win or potentially play this team that has taken you out of the playoffs the last three years. I absolutely love that uh, that storyline right now. That is my favorite storyline of the evening. I think if you look at the rest of these, they're all like, oh, okay, I can make a storyline out of this. I can make a storyline out of this. But that is by far the biggest storyline when it comes to playoff seeding tonight. If the Maple Leafs beat the Bruins, they don't have to play them in the first round. Conversely, if they beat the Bruins, they will have to pay, play the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. So it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for everybody in the Eastern Conference. What am I talking about? The Lightning will take on the Islanders tonight where they will need to get a win. A win or a Bruins loss does it for them. 
a loss in regulation, I should say. But the Lightning take on the New York Islanders in a rematch of the past two, I guess you could say, Eastern Conference Finals. It was two years ago. Last year, it was just the Stanley Cup semifinals. But nonetheless, the Stanley Cup semifinals rematch on the last day of the NHL regular season. The Islanders have been red hot. They just took down the Washington Capitals last night. I think it was 5-1 to one in Washington. So... They're playing really well. They've had a great second half of the season, despite having an absolutely horrific start to the season. I mean, they dealt with injuries. They dealt with COVID. They dealt with not playing a home game for the entirety of the first month and a half of the season, yet they still were able to turn it on in the second half and ruin a lot of teams' days. You know, for them to finish on that last team out was pretty good. If they could have gotten their stuff together maybe like two weeks earlier, they might have even been a playoff team. But nonetheless, they can continue to wreck people's parties and the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are looking to take on, or at least hoping to take on, you would think, the Toronto Maple Leafs instead of the, it would be the Carolina Hurricanes if they did not. Which again, would be a rematch of a playoff series from the last couple of years. So that's that situation. And, and honestly, what I would like to see the most, I would love to see... The Lightning fall to the Islanders, the Bruins beat the Maple Leafs, and I'd love to see Bruins Leafs again for the fourth time in, honestly, in nine years. Four times in nine years. And if the Bruins win that series, then I, I just, I don't know what to tell you guys up in Toronto. I, I really don't. You got a 60 goal scorer this year. If you can't, if you can't take out the Bruins, then I don't know what you're doing up there. Change is going to have to be made. But nonetheless, that's what I want to see in the Atlantic Division. In the Metropolitan Division, the three seed is also up for grabs, and that one is between the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Boy, do Ovi and Crosby just parallel each other in basically every single way imaginable. Apart from like the fact that they're completely different styled players, their careers just mirror each other completely. From teams that are perennially in the first and second seed in their division to now teams that are perennially third and fourth in their respective divisions. And still very good. So... Capitals versus Penguins for the Metropolitan third seed. Right now, the Caps trail the Penguins by one point heading into the final day of the regular season. Penguins take on the Blue Jackets at home. The Blue Jackets, again, nothing to play for. Have had an okay season. I mean, nobody expected much of them this year, so them not making the playoffs is not really a disappointment to anybody except, I guess, Blue Jackets fans. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, the way that they have been playing as of lately, they need this win. If they lose this game... I'm not going to say stick a fork in them, because it's Sidney Crosby, it's Evgeny Malkin, it's Chris Letang. It's hard to always count those guys out because they've won three Stanley Cups, and most of the time doing so when they were not the betting favorite. But man, if they lose this game and have absolutely no momentum going into the playoffs, not to mention the fact that they have a backup goalie starting for them, it's not going to be a pretty sight, that's for sure. Especially if they have to go up against the Florida Panthers, which is the team, the loser of this, is going to probably have to face. And the Panthers just have basically not lost since the, the calendar flipped to March. The Capitals will take on the Rangers. Again, a potential first-round matchup if the Capitals are able to win and the Penguins lose in regulation. But when you look at it from the, the standpoint of, of the New York Rangers tonight, it's a tune-up game because you're playing a playoff team. You don't want to get anybody injured, and obviously we all remember what happened at the end of last season with the old Artemi Panera and Tom Wilson stuff. So there's animosity there. 
But when you look at the Capitals and the and the Penguins from the Rangers' standpoint, Rangers are one and one against the Capitals. They lost in the first game of the regular season by I believe like three or four goals to the Caps. But then a couple months later, they went out and they absolutely shelled them. So it has gone either way, and I usually don't like to take regular season matchups into into consideration when it comes to the postseason, but if you look at the way that they played against the Penguins transversely, 3-1 and one against the Pens, their only loss was a one to nothing loss in Pittsburgh where the goal was scored with nine minutes left on the first power play of the game by Evgeny Malkin. Shesterkin has only given up one even-strength goal against the Penguins. If you're the Rangers you might want to see them instead of the Capitals. Now, at the end of the day, it also depends on Alex Ovechkin's health. He missed, I believe, their last two games with a shoulder injury that he sustained last weekend. If he's not healthy, then yeah, you probably want to take on the Capitals because he is clearly their biggest weapon. But at the same time, the way that they absolutely dominated the Pittsburgh Penguins in all four, I mean, I wouldn't say dominated in all four because the Penguins were right there in a couple of those games. But the way that the Rangers were able to handle the Penguins during the regular season, you would think that they would favor a matchup against them instead. So all they have to do is win, and they have the Penguins. And re- win in regulation, actually win in overtime either. Because the Rangers, or sorry, the, the Penguins have the tiebreaker against the Capitals. So if the Rangers win in any fashion tonight, it'll be Rangers-Penguins. If the Penguins win... In any fashion tonight, it'll be Rangers-Penguins. The only way that it'll be Capitals-Penguins is if the Capitals win and the Penguins lose in regulation. Lastly, we'll look over at the uh, the Western Conference. The only way to figure out the other two matchups in the West, it's determined by the wild card. The Predators and the Stars. The Stars now, of course, actually clinching the playoffs this week. Now they have a chance to get in the wild card one. They trail the Predators by one point heading into the final day of the regular season, which, again, is a theme if you look at tonight. Not as fun here with teams getting to basically play a team that they might play in the first round. The the Stars will play the Ducks tonight, and the Predators will play the Coyotes. Again, Stars behind by one. I believe the Predators have more regulation wins, so they would hold the tiebreaker. So the Stars would need to win in... The Predators would need to lose in regulation. Let me just double-check that really quickly before saying goodbye here. Uh, let's see. Nashville, 35 regulation wins to Dallas's 30. Yeah, so they have the tiebreaker. So the Stars would need to win, and the Preds would need to lose in regulation in order for that to happen. If not, the Stars will take on the Colorado Avalanche, and the Preds will take on the Calgary Flames. So we have a lot to discuss Coming up next week is the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We will know all eight matchups. And honestly, by the time we talk on Tuesday, a couple of them might have already started. Three, four. I don't know what the Stanley Cup playoff schedule is going to look like. But nonetheless, some of these series might have been started. It would help me out if they started with the Wild Blues and and Kings Oilers because I already previewed those and I can preview everything else without it starting. But uh, if not, I'll still be here on Tuesday talking Stanley Cup playoff action. I'm excited for it. You should be excited for it. The best tournament in all of sports, screw March Madness, begins next Monday, and the matchups will be determined later on this evening. Have a good weekend, hockey fans. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hockey Hotbed.